Let's pray. Now, Father, we thank you now as we minister your word. I give you praise and thank you for this time with your people as we dig deeper in your word. Thank you for solid foundation this morning. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, amen. All right. Out in hell is real. Yes, I'm going to share with you, with you sometimes, but I'm sure you've never heard of. Because what happens is, when you talk about Mauritius, you can talk about Mauritius uh, with authority if you've been there. So, in terms of how can you speak on an issue with authority if you have not been there? What authority do you have to speak so strongly about a place you have not seen yourself? And so it is with Linjala because it is not only about, about theology. But there are places which are real. Some of them are historically, physically there, like in Palestine, Israel. Yeah. So there are places, as you can actually take a plane and go there now. Amen. Yeah. This is why Israel goes and said, sometimes as a, as a historical book, uh, text, even for those people are going to Because it's one of the books which is very trusted because history goes thousands of years. Yeah. Thousands of years, patient, just goes way, way, way back. So there are places like this. Yet there are two places in the Bible which are in the realm of the spirit, out of the realm of the spirit. Realm of the spirit. Oh no, because they're in the realm of the spirit, you cannot buy a plane ticket and go there. Yet we know that these are real. These are real places, they exist. So there are three things I want to establish before I start today with you uh, very strongly. Because there was a gentleman I used to follow, the powerful man Larry Devon, to Carlton Pearson. He sang very well, he's an amazing vocalist, a cartoon person, very charismatic gentleman, raised by Oliver Roberts. Wahambaga as a bishop, I don't know what happened over time, then Wafiala Kona Eti, there is no hell. There is no such thing as hell, he told the people. Hell doesn't exist. How could a loving God, the Bible, God is love, how can a loving God be so cruel as to cast his people in a lake of fire forever? How cruel must you be to, to, to actually do something? So he began to uh, build this theology and the whole church dissolved and afterwards was proven to be homosexual and then so it just deteriorated. Mm. So over time, any doctrine can just crop up and deceive you. Yeah. My job is to teach you the word. Whatever you do with what I teach you, that is between you and the Father. Yes. But I promise you one thing, as long as we are together in this relationship, I will do the best of my ability Never ever to deceive. I cannot. Mm. What we know, we don't know everything yet. 
But what we know now is enough to, to establish you in your yeah. destiny yeah. and to take you somewhere with God. There are things we still are learning, like everybody else, every minister, including the Pope. Amen. The, the circle is never full, complete, forever, yeah. as long as you are in the body. Yeah. All right. Three things, not three. Three. All right. The first thing I need to establish with you today. Um, there is life after death. Oh, there is life after death. There is life after death. Now, because we are African people, there is something called African culture. Now, there's a lot of stuff, Afrocentricity. There's Afro stuff that's all over the place. I know some of them because I, I read up their journals and articles for a reason. I want to check where they are, what they are thinking, so that I know how to address certain things with the people. So, there is life after death. Go Amazon, no more Tosa, no more Banda, I don't know what Batini, Utuma Pumpe Fumudo. We are moving. But according to the scripture, when you leave your body, you remain. One of the greatest shocks and surprises of somebody who dies is to realize that they're actually not dead. They just left their body. Yeah. More so if you committed suicide. Because the thinking is, Omar gave, but everything just goes black. Just, just unconscious and they, you are in a state of nothingness. There is no such. There is no time when you will never be. You will always be. I will always be. There was a time when I was not in the physical. But now I will always be. Say, I will always be. I will always be. So you get out of your body, but you get into another world. Because then I must establish with you, it's one of the things that I think we all must begin to realize. How do we know that? Because little back in Kamalu Jesu on the cross with the three, two other thieves. You yeah. wasn't the thief, the two thieves. Udu Jesu, as shortly I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. Oh, there's a place called paradise. Yeah. That means there is a place other than here. Again, yeah. see, it's called paradise. Jesus knew that they were going to die moments after he had spoken with him. And he tells him, today you will be with me in a place. So on the basis of what Jesus said, and Namani Amal, based in the Bible, we know that there is life after Death. Yeah. Can we establish that as fact as well together? Yes. Say with me, there is life after death. Because that's going to help you in terms of how you live your life today. If you are convinced that there is life after death, your today is very calculated. Yeah. Your today is not haphazard. Yeah. 
Your today is very, very, very calculated because you know if I were to go and something were to happen, then your life after that begins to raise questions in your mind. If the time were to find me today, would I see? Where would I go? Okay, that's the first one. The second fact you must establish, Pastor, before we, we, we begin this morning. Number two is there is a place called hell. Out there is a place called hell. No, there is a hell. And there is a heaven. Out there is a hell. There's a hell. And there is a heaven. Okay, I'm going to speak to you about certain things today. I'm going to get into Bill V.S. later on today about the, the actual geography. What he, he saw when he got there. But I want to just establish a few things for about 10 minutes. In location, you know what I'm going to say? There's a place, it must be somewhere, right? It must be somewhere. somewhere. It can't just be nowhere. If it's a place, it must be somewhere. Now, what we know concerning the location of, of Isihoko, go ways with. Number one, you don't ascend to heaven. You fall into hell. You descend into hell. So if you descend into hell, or you fall into hell, where would that place hell? Hell is below, right? So hell is under. We know that also from Romans 10. Just establish that First, but for about 10 minutes, let's lay this foundation. Romans 10, 67, talks about us ascending. Ascending to heaven and descending into the abyss. You must check it out. You must write it down. Ascending. Ascending to heaven and descending to the abyss or to hell. Psalm 139, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. Yeah. So we ascend to heaven. So we, we, we know that heaven is up there. So if heaven is up there, then hell is below. Yeah. Say hallelujah. Amen. Now we know that to be, to be true. All right. So that, by the way, just to tell you the truth, no one has been to hell and, take, and, and, and had time to take pictures. I hope you're smart enough to understand that. <laughs> you can't be in hell and take out your... your your smartphone, and uh, what, a, what an amazing scene, that's so, that's so horrific. It's going to make for a good view, let me just capture now. So what happens is, Uma, the people who have these out-of-body experiences, when they come back, they begin to relate. I want you to know where this comes from. They begin to relate what they have seen, and then you have an artist's impression of what they have seen. Alright, you understand that? Alright. Now, according to this particular scripture, the way of life winds upwards for the wise, that he may turn away from hell below. Do we get that, Pastor? That is straightforward. Amen. So, hell is below. How the hell is below? Hell is below. Hell is below. How the hell is below? Uzo, Uzo, you're gonna get used to it because I, I, it's layer upon layer. 
precept upon precept. Once you know something, when I've told it, I want to know that you know it. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's 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 go back to that particular picture which we saw. So when we begin to explain is hope, you will realize that I'm going to ensure there were there, there were pictures. The boys were asking me how many how many slides of demons do you have? I said I only have one. Because if I were to begin to share with you the things they saw, it will mess you up for the rest of your. It doesn't make for good viewing, by the way. Yeah. It's horrific. Our problem is we forget. You know, we are emotional people. Yeah. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna share with you certain things today. I'm gonna leave you. Oh, then you're gonna go have pizza. Yeah, it's so good. Right, pizza and it's thick base with cheese. Extra cheese. After an hour, you've forgotten almost everything I've shared. That's, that's human nature. So these things, oh, not to, when you grasp them, make it your prayer point. How do you make something like this part of you? How do you work with it on a day-to-day basis? You make it part of your prayer life. You, you make it part of your meditation. You begin to look at life through certain things that you have learned. So I'm going to share with you some of the things which he saw. Say hallelujah. So allow me to, to teach today. Can I take off my jacket? Amen. Just allow me just to... Not like last week. Allow me to teach today. So let me go to this next slide. All right, we've covered this. Amen. Matthew 25, 41. Uh, what are we establishing here? We are establishing, I think we are now on number three, the third fact. Fact number three is this. If God is love, how could he be so cruel? How can a good God send anyone to hell? Now, let me verse it. will prove to you that God did not make hell for you. I wanted to tell the people out there, it was never God's intention which ends his hope for humanity. God loves, loves the human race. Yeah. God loves people. God loves people. God loves the nations of the world. So, this particular scripture says, then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for who? The devil and his prepared for the devil and his angels. So in the beginning, God did not set out to make a horrific place for you and I. In actual fact, the way hell is, it is so bad, it proves that it was made for supernatural beings. I'm going to show with you the intensity they speak about of heat man. It was not meant for a deceased soul who once occupied a human It was not meant for human beings. The way it is so bad, it, it, it is so clear. Kulungulu prepared it for fallen angels. Yeah. He prepared it for demonic entities. Eternal beings. Eternal beings yeah. who are mighty. Yeah. In their might, they still collapse under the power of hell. Yeah. Imagine a human being there. Mm. 
spending eternity in such a place. So always remember that He is a loving God. He is a faithful Father. Why do you think that scripture exists that says, For God so loved the world? He loves the world. He loves. Who is the world? It's sinners. It's sinners in the street, people in the bar, people, everybody who is wicked. It is because All right. Now that we have established that, so three things. Number one, we said there is life after death, right? Number two, we said there is a place called hell. There is. As I speak with you now, there is an activity. And in hell right now, as I stand here, something is happening in hell right now. There is a movement, there is, there is an activity as often as I speak. Number three, then we said, if God is good, how could he make hell? No, we said, no, he didn't. Do we agree one on the basis of this scripture? Can we agree not on the basis of me trying to convince you? But can we agree and rally around a scripture in the Bible and then point at it together to say, the Bible says fire, uh, fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That, that settles it. Yeah. That should settle it. Unless we have another source where the Bible submits under that influence. But if our influence, if the Bible is the final authority, if the Bible settles all matters in our lives, yeah. then this should yeah. settle it. Say amen. Yeah. amen. So okay, what does Jesus have to say about hell? Of all the people in the New Testament and the Old Testament, he speaks about hell the most. Well, Jesus made references to Hades and to hell more than any person in the Bible. Now, Umu Jesu Ekuluma, Kanjalo Nisogo, he knows what he's talking about. There are about seven things that the Lord says about, about hell. I'm going to share with you just very briefly uh, in terms of what the Lord says. Number one, Umu Jesu, there is weeping in hell. How there is weeping in hell? Now, write that down. It's in Matthew 8, verse 12. So, we... As I go through this, I want you to have a, what they call in literature a setting, the setting of the place and the mood in the place. So he says there is weeping in hell. Now the weeping is in hell is eternal. Yeah. It does not stop. It does not stop. Okay, that's number one. Number two, there is wailing in hell. Wailing is Matthew 13, 15. Wailing is at a different level. Uh, it's, 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 it's agony. Hello, no spiritual. It's wail and it's loud. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says concerning that there is gnashing of teeth. Forever. Forever. Matthew 22, 13. Alright. I'm just giving you an overall picture based on what Jesus says. Jesus number four. Anybody on echo in the Lamb's Book of Life is cast or thrown into hell. In other words, you don't walk into hell and knock. 
You know, you are cast like rubbish. Rubbish cast into a dump. In actual fact, they will tell you that you're going to into a hack fest. Yeah. That means now, your feet are facing upwards. Yeah. And your head is going down. You are cast into hell. Cast into hell. Not ushered into hell. Cast into it. Thrown into it. Alright. That's Mark 9.47. Number five. Utu Jesu, there is a worm that does not die. That's what Jesus says. He says, their worm does not die. It's Mark 9 verse 44. Mark 9 verse 44 and verse 46 and verse 48. Says there is a, a maggot there. Now they have shared, I don't know if I'm going to share next week about these members. The size of a snake. Yeah, I think I can't even share with you because this is so horrific. But we're talking about the Lord Jesus, right? Isn't it the creator of the universe? The he is the word. Yeah. So when he speaks a word, don't we hold on to it? Yeah. Because he said it, yeah. right? If Jesus said it, that settles it. It should. So to Jesus, there is a worm. Out there is a worm. Now a worm represents a species. It's not one. It's worm. It's worms. It's established in the Old Testament too. You see. All right. Number six, there is fire that is not quenched in hell. Okay, we're not only because I don't want these pictures to get you excited. Where is this picture? See, Hollywood, they are, they are very dramatic. So they will create these scenes. But if it's not found in scripture, then we must dismiss it. So it must be in the Bible. Okay, where is it in the scripture? Okay, then we know. Not because Hollywood has, has done it in the green room. Right. So, there is fire, the fire is not quenched. Mark 9, verse 44. Alright. Number 7. Is Hoko is a place of torments. In the Luxusho. I mean, the Luxusho was the one. Luxusho is at a level which you will... Maybe not Bill, you know, when we, I was trying to capture what he, 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 he relates. I can't even share with you some of the things, but you have to just go yourself. I, I can't. I can't share with you the stuff that, that they say. Now, I want us to begin to share what Jesus shared with Lazarus and, and the rich man. Then I'm going to get into what Bill Fies says about him. Now, turn in your Bibles, please, in the book of Luke. I didn't put it up there because it's a bit, uh, it's a paragraph. But I read fast, so we'll be fine. Let's, let's, let's go through this particular uh, scripture. Where are we? All right. It's Luke 22, verse 27. Luke, 20, Luke 16, 22, 26. I'm reading my own things. Are you there, Bazalwan? I hope you know how to get to your chapter. Thank you. I don't need to take a lot of context. I'm going to take a lot of context. Who cares? Amen. Over there. All right. Let me just read uh, to you this verse just briefly. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus 
in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Let me just share a few things on this passage of scripture, which most of you have read a number of times. Uh, I want to just point out about six things which are, which are there, which are very basic in that particular scripture. Number one, according to what Jesus shares there, it's called a parable. Parable is a word, it's still told so that we can teach you a lesson. Now, some parables were created, this creative thinking, it didn't exist anywhere in the story. I'm creating this scripture that can make a point. Now, certain parables uh, had a basis. In other words, when Jesus speaks here, he had a basis, he knows exactly what he's speaking about. Now, this particular parable has a basis, a spiritual basis. So what, what he shares here, he shares based on what he knows. All right? Yeah. Amen. So, the first thing you must uh, understand about this you are escorted to your next life. All right. You are escorted to your next life. You don't go alone. Verse 22, Laboti, a beggar died and was carried by angels, right? Yeah. So you are, as soon as Umpefunwa Kupuma, if you are a believer, in actual fact, in hospital, when you are about to go, some people actually do see angels. They even tell the people sitting, on, sitting with them. The people begin to smile or celebrate, they begin to just, just beam. There's a radiance, especially old people, who have, who have served God for years. They, they will tell you something in their, in their eyes, they, they, they will just look in one direction, and you try to, and they begin to smile, they, they are seeing something. Same thing happens, Namatabana call. There's moments before, seconds before Pefulu man. That's why there's so much fight. And they smart in this front and it's stuff coming out of their mouth. They're just trying to resist. They can see already the demons that have been sent to escort them. They are the ones who are going to do the casting. Because you can't cast yourself. You must be back up on they jump out of, oh, not Nesla, I, I forgot, man. You have seen Ama 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 Cops's face. No more Buga is doing, but it's full of peace, and there's a face that's grotesque. Oh no, two Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, I'm not given to looking at corpses, and I just, it's not my, I don't, I, I don't mind, but I just don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the because they are Alright, but you have seen, because the facial expression captured the last moment in the spirit. How, how that last moment affected the soul, and then it was projected to the face. Alright. So that's number one. You and I will be escorted. It's such a peaceful thing for a, a child of God to go. Amen. Right. Number two, 
According to this particular scripture, it says, you, let me just go through this quickly because I've covered some of it before. You feel pain, you feel pain in hell. Alright, verse 23, he was in torment in Hades. So, in hell basically, when they share this, they, they say there's, there's agony. There's agony you feel. We also have been made aware of the fact that our five physical senses are, they are enhanced for a thousand times more. So your, your sight, your sense of smell, your sense of hearing, everything is just, I cannot say it's quadrupled, it's, it's enhanced to the point where you cannot even believe it. In hell. So your, I feel, I feel a sensation here in the natural, but in the spirit, when you are tormented in the spirit, my sense of feel, touch, is, is amazingly powerful. Yeah. So this is why it's paralyzing then. Because it's like you're exposed. Inhaling, so you are touched in your very core. So pain is pain. Alright. So senses are enhanced. Your senses are functional after death. All my senses are functional. My senses are functional. Because in the Bible, the book of 23, he lifted up his eyes and saw. So he's, you see in hell, you hear, you touch. All the senses are engaged after death. Otherwise, you cannot see, you cannot hear anything if your senses are not engaged. All right. Number four, uh, according to that passage of scripture, you cry in hell. All right. It says that the rich man did, he cried. And number five, in hell you can still speak. We've already covered that. Uh, after Jesus ascended to heaven, uh, it's different. Okay, I'm going to cover that later on. But in hell, you can still speak. You have a voice. You have a voice. After death, you have a voice. You speak. All right. Number six, you can recall events. After death, you can recall. Your memory is in... It's amazing, it's refreshed, it's, it, the quality is nothing you can ever, ever, ever compare with here on earth. Because of verse 27, 28, there are his brothers who are still in the world and he wants this guy to go send somebody so that he can tell them. So he, you, you have a memory. One of the most paralyzing things about hell is that memory. Because every opportunity you ever had to repent comes to you. Every billboard is Anything you had on radio, all those things, they come forever and ever. And when those things begin to happen, you are counting missed opportunities. The moments and times that I could have repented and turned to God. Yeah. Say amen. amen. Alright. Now, let's look at some more details about hell. Now, from those who have had what we call an out-of-body out of body experience. Now, what is out-of-body experience, Pastor Vani? Because if I look at a vision, Okay, you can dream, right? You can go to your room at night and sleep and have a dream. 
That's a dream. Now, there is also a vision. Now, visions in terms of depth, not to like what I have to You can have a vision, just doesn't just see things. You know. yeah. But you can have a vision so powerful. He does not know whether this thing happened when I was in the body or I was actually there. Or when this thing was happening, I actually left my body. This is why it's called out of body experience. So in 2 Corinthians, he's trying to explain this. He tries, but it still doesn't make good sense still in, in, in 2 Corinthians um, 12, verse 2 to 4. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know. Or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and had inexpressible wounds which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So, a man called Bill Vies has the same experience. Uh, so he writes a book. Uh, he spends 23 minutes there. Now, if you look at the scripture I just read, in his case, in his case, he's sure that he was there. Now, people who were moving to heaven, they are sure that they are there. Now Paul, because he's being careful, he says, in my case, I don't know whether I was in the body or I was actually there in the spirit. I left my body in the room and I was taken out of my body. So same thing happened to these saints who have been given the privilege of seeing these realms so they can come back and begin to relate to us. Yeah. See, the Bible is, is comprehensive, but not exhaustive. It doesn't exhaust every little issue, but it, it does give you the totality of the idea. Amen. So, he writes a book, he goes there, he spends... I'm, I'm still struggling with this. I didn't practice with it. So, he writes this book. All right. That's, that's the gentleman he... 23rd November in 1998, he was taken to hell. Uh, so it's 23rd of November, he spends 23 minutes there. That's amazing. Amazing. Now, Umekoloma, he says, it was about 3 in the morning. Now, I want you to listen carefully. It's 3 in the morning, uh, so he goes out to get a glass. He was not praying. I know you, you wake up at 3 to pray. No, he wasn't praying. He wasn't even thinking about heaven or hell. He was just sleeping, so he, he just gets up. He gets an edge to go to the kitchen and get a glass of water. So he goes there. Now, when he gets to the kitchen, which is suddenly, he was pulled out of his pool, out of his body, like drawn out. Now, when they explain that, it's like you pulling your hand out of a glove. That's what dying is. Like pulling your foot out of a sock. So he was, he was drawn out of the body. And he says he felt that he was, he was falling through the air. Falling down a long tunnel. 
And his first experience when he lands there, he says it's like this. He first lands in a prison cell. The stone walls, his walls, stone walls, and they are buzzing. Buzz. Now it is so real, Bazole. It's just queer now. It's, 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 it's real. Because he sees it. It's not like when you are dreaming. You know what? Dreaming, it's fuzzy. Yeah. Imagine that we are compatible. No, 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 no. This, this is real, right? Yeah. It was as real as anything to the point where even today he can still relate accurately as if he had gone through that thing 10 minutes before. So he gets into this place. Now, let me ask you. So now you will allow me because I just need to put certain scriptures in there so that you can balance because he gives these scriptures himself. Which after he had, after the whole experience which I'm going to relate with you, he then wanted to check with Lenda Kornala, he called yes with Lenda Kornala, he was amazed to find with Mamtanga almost everything he experienced there. So there is a scripture in the Bible that says there is a prison in hell. There is a there is there is a prison. Yes. There is a cell. Yes. Now write this down. Number one, what I wanted to do so that you structure your notes well. He lands in a prison. There is a prison in hell. That's number one. There is a prison in hell. There is a prison in hell. Now it's Isaiah 24, verse number 22. Amen. They will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison. After many days, they will be punished. So there will be, there, there is a prison in hell. Amen. Number two, he says, while he is there, he begins to feel this intense heat. He says, it is so hot. That he was wondering how, how come he was alive then? How come all these people are still here? The way it was so hot, it was beyond anything you can imagine. When you're talking about degrees Celsius, it says that that's for earthly, it's for humanity. We're talking about degrees Celsius for people. In hell, don't talk about degrees Celsius then. We're talking about supernatural beings then. It's in, incredibly hot. He runs out of words to explain the heat that is found there. But he says the level of temperature is meant to torment supernatural beings in the future. Not for human beings. That's how hot it is. Now, by the way, in the Bible, it talks about a burning wind. I don't know if you've seen the scripture. It was very down. It's, it's, it's in some level, verse 6. A bending wind in hell. The, the very air there burns. So whatever that you are trying to, the very atmosphere burns. All right. He talks about he's still in this prison, still locked in here. So he, he later he would leave the prison. I'm going to tell you about it. But he's still in this prison. So he's, he's talking about 
His experienced life is, is in this prison. So he says he feels extremely, extremely weak and fatigued. He couldn't, he couldn't just, he couldn't believe it. He just, but I'm not sure he flew le. I'm gonna just cool him. And as my eyes reflect, can you put some water on the he was extremely, extremely weak. So in hell, there is no strength. There is no strength. Now, Mam Kabasha, this that is supported by Psalm 88, verse 4. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength. So there is no strength. Whatsoever. So even if these things do come to fight, which they do, to torment you, you cannot do anything. You are totally helpless. Totally helpless. That's going to be your state eternally. Now I must make an attempt of explaining to you what eternity means. I should have bought a string here. Maybe I did try to explain to you before. It doesn't matter how hard we try, we can never catch what eternity is. Yeah. Because if Umangan for about 10 centimeters and let the rest go and you wrap it around the world 10 billion times. About 10 centimeters, that's your earth. That's your earth experience. Now wrap it around the globe. 100 trillion times and more. That's eternity. Mm. Now, England, the world cannot capture and understand eternity. Alright. So he's still in this, in this cell, right? While he's in the cell, he sees these two demonic beings. Now, he says in hell, these things come in different heights and sizes. So, there were two enormous Huge demons in the cell. Which they are like wolves who haven't had food for years. So they are pacing, waiting for somebody to land in there so they can devour. They just, they just rip you like one limb, one side, and their egg. That's how ferocious they are. One was reptile like. Look like a reptile full of scales. His claws are like one foot long, like. About 30 centimeters. I think I have that. They try to capture these things, but they cannot do justice. So they, because Hollywood knows, Hollywood knows so much, they'd be amazed what those producers know. So he finds this, these two huge things, they are scaly. Now, if you understand these things, they are creatures called reptilian creatures. Yeah. They look like a like a reptile, like a lizard, but they're huge. Like, like dinosaur. They are, they are tough. They are tough. So they have these huge claws. What they were doing, they were blaspheming God like you wouldn't believe it. They are just blaspheming God. Oh, they had such an extreme hatred for God. Everything, when they open their mouth, they're just cursing God. They're just cursing. In other words, they speak. They have a language. So they are, they are doing the oh, suddenly they turn their direct their, their focus now, they, they it's directed towards him. What's number one? Their, their hatred towards God couldn't believe it. 
but just so intense. So intense. The anger and the hatred that is like an atmosphere, that, that, that leaves, you know, anger that is like an atmosphere. It's like a, an entity on its own. Or just suddenly they shift their focus now because they realize that he's there. All the anger and the wrath, now they begin to direct that towards him. He says, and he is wondering, what have I done to them? But when they come, the other demon picked him up. He dug his claws into his chest and tore it. He tore it open. And there were ribbons hanging. That's when he realized he had a body. Because he didn't know that we have a body. I noticed that I have a body. That's a mystery. I noticed that I had a body. And then he would find out later that Matthew 10, 28, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body. Where? In hell. Now, what happens to the body, the, the physical body that we interact with nature with? We leave it out here. When we get into the supernatural realm, life after death, it seems as if, according to what, because Jesus speaks it, there is a body that you are given, so that what they want to do, they can do, they can split you open and rip you. And you feel it. You feel it. You must get that body, you must. So that you can, yes. So they can, they can split you open. And you want to die, you can't. You cannot die. Because Ukofa is under a command in hell. It's given a command. Ukofa submits somewhere. So you can't die, you can't just die because you want to. So you are in that state forever and ever. Now there is no break. There is no... Time recess of sorts for you to breathe. They they are full of hatred like we've never seen anything like it on earth. Take all the wicked people that are in Zondo on earth, combine that feeling into one entity. They still don't match the anger and the ferocity of one demonic entity in hell. How angry they are. They are angry beings, he says. So there is a body that gets destroyed in hell, but it does not get destroyed totally. You, you have it. So how about you Like in Como, But the thing still works. Your split, your ribs are hanging. You're still alive. He shares also, there was no blood. When, when they did this, there was no blood. And I'm going to share with you why there was no blood too. No water coming out of his wounds. So when they split you open, there's no blood. And there's a reason for that. There is no mercy whatsoever. In actual fact, mercy in hell 
It's 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 anathema. It's it's a curse. You you cannot be merciful because demons submit to the enemy. There's no mercy in there. But only I just pray that not none of us will ever experience that. Yeah. None of my children will ever experience that. All right. Now his second experience. So now he's taken out of this cell, out of this prison, and is now is placed over a large pit of fire. He says the pit was about 1.5 kilometers long. Now, in this particular pit, he says that's when he began to see other people. Because all this time since he fell, he was just by himself in the cell, and then he saw these two giant beings, yeah. these devils. And now he's taken out of this prison, and he is now in, in this instance. Huge, 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 huge pit. The Bible calls it a lake of fire. But it calls it a pit. It's what he saw. It's a long, 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 long thing. Now, in there, he sees people burning and screaming. Let's go. Amen. All right. Now, the Bible says, about everything, everything he saw, you'll be amazed that when we read the Bible, we just skip it. Because you must have been there for you to relate. Oh, not then. For us, it's just nothing. Now, in Psalm 11, 6, it says, upon the wicked, he will rain coals. Okay, that has been there, right? But we didn't see it. The way he saw it, because he had seen it in hell. The Bible says, upon the wicked, he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be their portion, the portion of their cup. So, man is in the fire there, burning. Now, he says when he saw them, the flesh in Yamaya was hanging off their bones. Uchi's screams were sickeningly loud. The person, I don't know what you, we ask Uchi, you can be depressed. The way they cry, and, and it's not just two people, it's, it's about a crowd of them. Now imagine thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people all crying at the same time so loud forever and ever. Everybody, everybody is crying so loud, so loud. And there is no break, there is no. I don't let me know. Again, it's the ganja. You will hear this for the rest of eternity. There is no other sound in the atmosphere of hell except the wailing, except the screaming, except the cursing and the crying and the gnashing of teeth. I want to hallelujah. I will be forever and ever, Pastor. Forever and ever. Now he says, 
and he's there, and he realizes what Apparently, there's another sense in hell when you begin to things just make sense to you. It's like and you're looking at somebody, you, you know exactly what's going on with that person over there. That's the sense you don't have here. But you have it when you go there because you, everything just makes sense to you. Yeah. No one has to come to and explain, explain what is happening. I, I, other than those things which are hidden by God deliberately. But otherwise, everything is just open. So he says, one of the most tormenting thoughts in hell is that your loved ones on earth do not know that you are alive. And you are suffering. They don't know. Rest in peace. So when they go, all they see is rest in peace. They don't know. But you're not resting in peace. You are resting in pieces. You're not even resting. You are alive and you, you want them to know. And you don't know how to reach out to them. And after some time, they forget. And life goes on. But you are still alive. And for you, life will never end. And you will never have an opportunity to go and explain, that, hey, I'm here. It's shut. Yeah. Once the door is shut behind you, it's shut. shut. Forever. And he realizes also that there is no conversation in hell. You are alone. Alone. Isolated. For all eternity. I don't mind. For not Joshua. I was the only child, my mother. So, so I, I enjoyed my solitude. You know, there's moments where you're just on, on your own. Now, the, it's not this. Because there I have an option. To go to I can just do whatever I want. There, you can never have any conversation. There's no social thing going. For all eternity, there is taken from you. So you cannot speak to anybody. Then he says, the smell, the smell that's there, it would kill you if you had to experience that here. With an open sore, it's the open sore, the worst open is the worst smell you can ever imagine. It's nothing, not even a percent compared to what he experienced there. He says, it is so foul. Are, that's why, by the way, they are called foul spirits. Because demons, he says, they, they, they smell. Demons smell like you would never believe it. Now, when you are there, you begin to experience this. They have a foul smell. Jesus called them foul spirits. Now, over and above there, there is something called sulfur then, which is burning. It's burning sulfur all the time. It's just, it fills the atmosphere. It is so intense, doesn't it? Because it is meant to punish fallen angels. Now, you find yourself there because I chose to shake hands with the enemy. Now, God has got no choice because he only prepared two places. One is called heaven 
where those who believe in him go. Another one is called hell. Now there is no other place created for somebody. So if you choose not to go with him, let because you have a covenant with them anyway. As soon as they know you. They come for you. You go with like magnet. You attract your future. You attract your eternal home, your eternal destiny. Alright. So he says the smell is, is, is just amazing. Another thing he, he mentions why he's in this huge thing, but I, I cannot tell you, 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 you please understand that like he would. I'm just trying to relate the, 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 the basic things that he goes through. Another thing he mentions there is you are eternally gasping for, for breath. That's another thing you don't understand. So that's not like, oh, okay, that's it. Now he says this, he says when you go there, you are, I don't know if, I must move a bit to Indira. You are eternally doing that. Eternally. Eternally. I actually come for any time because of what? Forever and ever. Would you are eternally gasping for breath? As much as you are a spirit, you behave more like a human being on earth. Yet you are there. You gasping. <laughs> Gasping for breath. Every moment of every second forever and ever. Now, in Isaiah 42, verse 5, it says, Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, a spirit to those who walk on it. So, Unkulukulu who gives bread to the people on earth. Yeah. So if you are not with him, and you are not on earth, you cannot have bread. So there are things that are stripped off people who are in hell because only God can give such. He says in hell you feel like you want to, you are so tired. It feels like you want to sleep. You're not just feeling like, I need to sleep. But, but he says, you will never ever rest. You will have that lingering feeling throughout all eternity. I want to sleep. I want to sleep. If only I could sleep. If only I could rest just for a little while. That will be with you for millions and millions and millions of years throughout all eternity and you will never find rest forever and ever. You will never rest for all eternity, yet your being wants it, but you will never experience it. You will never experience it, why? Because Amen. Let me just share with you a few more things that he he discusses as he talks to us about this. We've spoken about uh, the, the rest of it here. Okay. He says in hell you feel like you're going to sleep. He says you are eternally exhausted. I, I, I choose the word exhausted. Eternally exhausted. 
Now, then he comes back and he looks for these scriptures and he finds them. There it is. In Revelation 14, 11, it says, And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. Who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name, they have no rest. They have no rest day and night. And he moves on to the third incident. Now, I could have shown you a whole lot of pictures. I just didn't want to. Just so bad. Just so bad. Just so bad. Not in the church service. He talks about standing on a bed of worms. Impaled. Like a, like a huge bed of worms. The Bible calls, calls them maggots. I don't know whether it's a different species of worms there. So he's standing on this, it's, it's, it's this huge, it's like a mattress of them. I'm sorry, I can be very graphic. I'm just holding myself simple for, for her sake. My wife is just not as graphic as I am. So is it by belly? Their worm does not die. Their worm. What do you build? It seems as if everyone's got their personal worms, their, their tra trademark worms. It's not like general, you have your own. They were preordained. <laughs> That's their purpose. They are your portion eternally, forever and ever. What do people have their personal maggots? What do they crawl over them? Like disgusting pets everywhere. There's creeping everywhere. Now, something he mentions about dog, which I cannot mention here. Then he comes back and he checks in the Bible now and he finds it. In Isaiah 14 verse 11 says, Your pomp is brought down to Sheol. Sheol is hell. And the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggot is spread under you and the worms cover you. It's like a worm sandwich that they're describing there. That's what's happening there. Now, if you feel disgusted, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. But the disgust that you feel must ensure that this is why people have come up with Even if God wanted to throw you there because of some personal vendetta or whatever it is, He wouldn't. Because you just, it's, it's not you. When He looks at you, you're just so clean, you're just so holy. Yeah. People are full of debts. It's full of stuff, just junk, a spiritual junk in you. Yeah. You belong to that junk. It's like a huge dumping site yeah. of humanity. Which was never meant for them. It was meant for the devil and his angels. But you just find yourself in the of all the worms. I'm saying in the dump, that's where you find worms. It is a dumping site. So, 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 sorry to say so, but it's a dumping side when you look at it. It's a dumping side. It was never God's will. The worst thing in hell, he lifts you up like a trophy. Let's just let's move on. All right. I need to move on to the scriptures, Psalm 73, 18 to 19. Surely you set them in slippery places. This is Psalm 73, verses 18 and 19. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. 
or how they are brought to desolation at, uh, as in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Or oh, another thing he mentions about this is, Usafari is a king of horrors. The, the, the scripture that they did about which I tried to find it is according to the very translation. He's a king of horrors. He knows how to stay. In hell, it's it's an eternity. Every time you turn, there is something horrific. It is so horrific that it, it seems like it's breaking your bones. The horror that you see. Now I told the boys, I told them. Let's not watch horror movies. I mean, I, I, I this mind you know, not I know it's a movie. You know, I, I used to have that. I know it's a movie. Whatever, I know it's somebody did it in a computer, but, but the, some horror movies are so spiritual, they're so demonic, that it goes beyond manipulation and technology. It stays with you, it comes and it lands on your soul. That's what you know, which is somebody who is demonic was behind this one. Because when you go to bed to sleep, it comes. It begins to manifest itself. It gets stuck on your soul. You have to repent that this this is bad. Now, the horrors then. I don't know which horror movie have you watched. I don't watch horror movies. I'm just not into that kind of stuff. I did before. Hell is a headquarters of horrors. Horrors. They major in horrors. Horrors excite them. They want you every second. When you just do this, you look down, you look up, you look left, you look backwards. Every time you, everywhere you turn, there must be something you're going to see that's going to make you scream and wish that you were dead. And wish that you would reach out to God in heaven, but you can't. This you will experience forever and ever and ever and ever without end, he says. Now, Bazarwane, let me just draw this to a close. I'll see if I can finish this next week. Bill says, hell is dark. You know why hell is dark? He says, because God is light. When God goes, he goes with his light. First John 1 verse 5, God is light. He says, there is only death in hell. You know why there is only death in hell? Because John chapter 1 verse 4 says, God is life. When God lives, He goes with His life. With everything to do with life, He takes it with Him. Bill says, there is only hatred in hell. Because First John chapter 4 verse 16 says, God is love. God is love. That's why there's only hatred in hell. He says there is no strength in hell. Because Psalm 18 verse 32, it says the Lord gives us strength. Yeah. Only God gives us strength. When he goes, he takes his strength, strength with him. Yeah, he says there is no water. In hell. Because according to Deuteronomy 11, 11, water is the river, is the rain of heaven. Water is the rain of heaven, the Bible says. It says there is no peace in hell. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus is the prince 
of peace. If God removes himself from a situation, all good goes with him. When he removes himself from any environment, is he not today we take for granted? We think they just, they just happen. No, we have those things because there is God. You can smile, you have peace, you have joy, you have strength in your body because there is a God in heaven. His very presence goes through the atmosphere into the very ground, into the sea. It gives the fish life. It gives the seed in the ground. They are built to germinate because there is God. He gives everything in the universe life and He gives it strength. Is it that you take for granted a blade of grass? That you think it's, it's, it's cheap, it's nothing. There's no blade of grass in hell. Why? Because He's the creator of all that is beautiful and great. So that's why it's not there. It does not exist there. So when God removes Himself from a situation, all that is good goes with Him. That is what People who are not saved should know. That's what Amazon, I wish they would understand about these things. When we speak of hell, Amazon, we're not just speaking about India. It is, it is serious business that churches must minister on. There is no mercy, he says. Yeah. No mercy yeah. in hell because Psalm 103, verse 17. But the mercy of who? The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. God takes everything with him. He takes everything with him. Everything. Do you know that why there is no blood when, when these demons cut you open? Because Leviticus 17, 11 says, life, the life of every living, living thing is in its blood. There is no life. Life can only flow, the blood can only flow where there is life. Where there is no life, there is no blood. So that's why when they cut them open, it's just, just flesh that's dry, that's sore, that's painful. Why? Because Otiko, when he is removed, when he is rejected, you are rejecting, not, not just see come and reject Jesus there on the cross. You are rejecting everything that comes with him being the creator of all things. So when you do die and go to hell, everything you will not have it. No matter what it is. These are the things which people must be able to know. Let's take a before I end. just go on. Just stand on your feet. These are the things that people need to understand. I think I'll share with you certain things next week if there is time. But I want you to know, Pastor Ryan, there are people that we love. Yeah. My first, my point of departure are my kids. I love my kids, Rosal. I know you love your kids too. I love my, we love children. I love children. I told somebody, if I had to just stop everything and just, you know, just live the rest of our life, just praying for them never to experience hell. 
That should be worth it. But beyond our kids, there are people in our family. These friends that we have, and there are people in our family. It's people that we love, really. We really do. We really do love those people. But somehow they just don't seem to want to accept the Lord. They don't just don't see things the way the Bible reveals them, no matter how we try to explain it to them. It's just, this doesn't... And you feel for them. You feel for them. I know you also have children here, you've got cousins and you've got nieces and and you've tried to, to minister to them. You just won't sing. I remember the first time I tried to minister to my father. Now he's fine now. I've spoken to him, shared the gospel, and he's all right. I remember the first time I shared the gospel with him, he swore at me. He was driving, I don't know, I don't know two. Look at him. I'm told. Cut! But you can never give up, Muslim. You can never give up. Not when we know what we know. You can never give up. Some of our people are very stubborn. Some of them have money. Some of them have got these great jobs and they drive these amazing cars and they live in these amazing houses. And they don't just they don't see a need. They don't see a need for God. Where's our generation, our young people? We just don't know what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. They think all is well. And so we are the we are the bridge. We are the bridge between God and them. We've tried many times, and um, they just want. Well, I'm here to tell you, Bazawale, you can never give up. Once you have stopped sharing the gospel with them this week, you try again. Just this week, this week, this week, just cry. Just cry for them. That's why I ask you to write those names on those cards. Speak for our people, speak for our children. Speak for our children, speak for our people. Speak for our colleagues and our friends. And trust God for it. Omokola was about just being in church like this. And I don't think I would, I'd really be fulfilled in, in serving God as well. God has given us a burden. Let's carry this burden as well. Let's feel what God feels. The things I've shared with you is nothing. It's, 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 I've shared with you 2%. No matter how hard I try this morning, let's put it. I can't explain that thing. It's too bad. It's too bad. Hell is bad. It's bad. Now the enemy wants Abadjum Sabani to think it's a myth. Hell is bad, Pastor. It's bad. And you don't wish it or your worst enemy to be there. So I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm appealing to you. Just keep praying, just keep weeping for the people. Don't keep your mouth shut. 
Don't keep your mouth shut. Just shut the gospel. Some will catch you like my father did. Some will ask you a lot of questions. Just keep just stay humble. Don't get into a debate. Don't try to win an argument. Just share the love of Jesus with you. I identify people who are depressed and who are, who are going through stuff. Use those as opportunity for you to spread through into them. Don't go to them with a verse and with a Bible. Just identify when they are at their lowest points and when they are going through stuff. When the child is sick in their home and their husband is going through, you know, they're just in a marriage problem. Just identify those, those moments. Somebody at school and they just, you know, just down. Let's, let's, let's go, Master. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you this morning. Baba, we need a burden. I need a burden. I need a burden, Lord. A sense of agency. A sense of agency to win souls, to win the lost, to be effective in the earth for you, to be a blessing in the earth for you. And Father, we, we have tried to the best of our ability to describe these things, but we failed. We can never describe it the way it really is. But I pray, oh God, that even as I was sharing this, that you will speak to your people like I can never do. Give them an understanding and revelation of these things and what is in your heart. For you desire that no man should perish. You desire that no one should perish and go to hell. For hell was never made for us. But for the devil and the angels that have fallen, those demonic spirits. But I pray for everyone in this place. As What if the Lord is mandating me, my mandate in the earth is not just to go to church, but to win souls, to share the gospel, to share the gospel. And the church said, Amen. Say hallelujah. I want somebody to pray. You know, I pray. One thing I love doing is prayer. I wish I could just pray all the time. I am forced to tell this. Stand in front of me. My primary mandate is to pray. I want someone to come and pray. Because whatever that you're feeling in your moments, give it to one another. And you feel something in your heart. Either for our generation or for young people. Or for someone in your own family, I want someone to come and pray. Just come and pray that those hearts that are so hard, may God have mercy. God can have mercy on them. If we could get saved, they can get saved too. If you and I could get saved, they can get saved. They can have an experience with God. They can have an encounter with the Father too. So I want somebody to, to come and pray. One or two people, it doesn't matter. Just come and join me here.
is coming for you. Don't tell me there's no one with their burden in this place. Anybody else is coming for you. I want you to experience church, Pastor What is? I want you to experience what this is. I want someone else to come join me up here. Come join me up here. In Jesus' name. See people are weeping. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whatever is in your heart. Speak louder so we can say Amen. Have mercy, Father, in our families. Have mercy, Father, in our families. Have mercy, Father, in our families. in our communities. Father, 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. about to cry out to God for their souls. We accept your call this morning, O Lord. We will be rejected, but because your spirit is with us, therefore we say we shall do it. If we perish, we perish, O Lord. But we will speak your word. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. May we not just hold to your word, my Father, when we are in church, but may we live this way in our daily basis, oh Father. We accept your calling of Jesus. We heard you, Lord. And we respond to you, my Father. Also as individuals. Long powerful what you do it 
is a visual wherever we are. That's God's purpose, that's God's way. So on the 28th, whoever gets saved, gets saved. Whoever chooses to come here, they will. If they choose to go elsewhere, they will. All we know is that those who are meant to come here will come. Those who are not meant to be part of us, they will not be part of us. So on the 28th, we just pray and trust in God for souls to be saved. If souls are saved and all of them decide to go anywhere, we will be so it. Our preoccupation must be to see souls saved. At whatever cost. God is going to build His church. We are His church. His kingdom embassy house, we are registered in heaven. So those who are meant to be part of this body shall be part of this body. Those who are meant not to be here shall go and be foster wherever they go. So we're not going to be preoccupied with everybody who gets saved in our crusades. They should be part of us. Bless God if they do. Bless God if they don't. And our passion and our motivation be to see souls saved. And so Father, we thank you. We accept the call this morning. And as we give your people these pamphlets, we don't just give hand this out haphazardly, but we pray over them. Even as we lay hands over these, it's just a point of contact. Those that you have, the time has come, and you know who they are. Father, even as we hand this out, let them preach. Whisper a word in their hearts. And let them come. And those we invite, scatter them. So we want to target those who are not saved. Those who smell of alcohol. Their breath is full of alcohol. Those are the ones we want. When those who are broken, those who are vandalized by sin, not those who are religious, not those who have their churches, but those who have nothing, spiritual poor, let them come. And Father, we vow to hand them over to you when they do. We shall never own them. And there will always be a possession. In Jesus' name, so lay hands on these pamphlets right now for your glory. And the church said, Amen. I'm going to hand this out before we go. Uh, can we just come and give? And then we are going to uh, end this out. Amen.